And I think what we lose often by not having organization or productivity is that freedom because we feel like we are then a slave to our laptops and our phones and we don't have time to do the things that we want to do that we got into it to do in the first place. That is Eric Fisher, the host of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast and the social media manager for the well-known social media examiner. A humble influencer in the podcast field, he shows us specific productivity habits and mindset for social media management so that we don't lose our freedom, the very thing we became entrepreneurs to start with. With Eric's unique expertise, both in productivity and social media, well, you gotta say, these two areas can be almost like water and oil. That's why you need to listen the whole episode to see how Eric tackles them with ease and elegance. In this episode, we will check about Eric's journey so far, and it might totally surprise you as it did to me. How you can protect and execute the most important asset of your productivity, your focus. How you can avoid the distraction, and yet you can indulge your ongoing information acquiring desire. How we can stay productive, yet remain the engagement with our audience in social media and so much more. All coming up for you at the God of the MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition Podcast, episode 038. Welcome to the Godly MBA, Marketing Beyond Ambition. This is the only podcast that will share and teach actionable and biblical marketing strategies to empower you, the value-based business owners and Christian entrepreneurs. Learn to communicate your message effectively in this noisy world so you can finally earn more, serve more, and give more. Now, here is your host, Kelly Botter. Hello, Kelly here. Welcome to Godly MBA Podcast. Thank you for being here. I know you have many choices. My team and I are super honored that you give us your precious time. If this is your first time, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any power pack episode. And your reviews on iTunes serves as a fresh dose of blessings to me and my team. We will really appreciate it. Have you ever felt that the demand of social media has weighted you down and the formal, I mean, fear or missing out monster is constantly screaming at you all the time? While well, you know you need the non-distracting mental bandwidth to operate your business forward, how do we balance all? I think you will find some awesome answer in my conversation with Eric today. Now, let's check with Eric. Hello, Eric. So happy you are here, and I'm so honored. That's what I'm going to say, brother. Awesome. Hi, <laughs> Kelly. Thanks for having me. You know, because uh, 
I am sure that many of my audience are actually familiar with your face or your voice. Uh, some of them, they follow you, including myself, you know, used to see you in the blab. Well, now they close down. But uh, can you kind of share with us a, a little bit about for those, the audience that don't know you yet, that who you are, where you're from, and a little bit about your journey and how did you become like one of the leaders in social media examiners? Sure. Well, let's see. <clears throat> I grew up in Rochester, New York till uh, I was about college age where I then came to Marion, Indiana, which is the central Indiana area. It's kind of halfway in between Indianapolis and Chicago up in Illinois. And I've always been a fan of audio and I've always been a fan of technology. And so – and for a while there, I was actually really studied up well on – near the end of my my college career doing video editing. I thought that's where I was going to go. I still think there may be some place in there for me for that. I, I still like doing it. But uh, I've always been a fan of you know making mixtapes and recording my own voice or other people around me. I mean, there's a recent episode of my my own show where I included a clip of my grandfather interviewing me as like a four year old, and wow. so I then followed that up with a clip of me talking to my son when and he's four. So, yeah. So gradually, I just I moved up and into doing social media at a university, and then eventually moved over into doing social media at social media examiner. Meanwhile, concurrently, uh, I was fascinated with podcasting. Um, as soon as iTunes added it, I was a fan and, <laughs> it, and that's been, wow, like 11, little over 11 years now. And I've been an, an avid listener and then creator of shows and have had my current show beyond the to-do list based on productivity uh for f it just passed its four year anniversary wow yeah i love your podcast because i love productivity related uh, topics and um beyond the to-do list you know i'm wondering would you mind sharing with us that how did you choose that topic and why sure well some people may or may not know this but prior to uh, Beyond the To-Do List is not my first podcast. It's it's actually not my – well, it's my first solo show. I should say that. But it is not my first podcast. I actually did a comedy show with a friend of mine back in 2007 and eight, and then nine, 2009, 2010. And then concurrent with that, I actually was doing a social media show called Social Media Serenity with Cliff Ravenscraft. And we talked all about how to do how to do social media, what was new in the world of social media that week, and how to use it without going crazy, hence the, the word serenity in there. And at some point there, I think it was uh, – actually, I know it was January 2012, Cliff made a productive move and pared down the amount of different shows he was producing on his network so that he could focus in on the few that he felt were the the – cream of the crop of his own shows. And I didn't mind that. I knew that uh, he was going to give me slots on his podcast, Answer Man Show, back then. And that was fine. And I loved doing that, too. It was still kind of a continuation of what we used to do with our show. But 
at, as soon as he said that and told me, I said, oh, well, I got to do my own show. I got to figure out what that is. And it took me about six months to really figure it out. But what I knew I wanted to do was one, build relationships and use a podcast as a tool to talk to and network with people that I thought maybe might be sort of out of my league. And at the time they were, but as, to, as time progressed, I, you know, suddenly found myself friends with people like Michael Hyatt and Dan Miller and they found, and you know, they knew me through Cliff. So that was really cool. Um, but I wasn't sure what I was going to do the show on and not until being at blog world 2012 in New York city and sitting in on certain sessions, did it suddenly occur to me that, the goal of trying to be a student through my own show and and learn myself as well as talk to these people, I saw the saw it come together and say, well, what would I want to learn from them? And I'd say, well, I want to learn how to self-manage my, you know, manage myself better, self-manage, um, how they do the good work that they do. And eventually that came to productivity and beyond. And then I that kind of started to morph into beyond the to-do list. That's that's what a story. That's awesome. I think you point out a couple of things. I I right away kind of take mental notes. It's like, you know, number one, you the mo- motivation for you to do a podcast is you know build relationship and give value, and I think that's very important. Um, uh, you know, many people, they ask me, Kelly, why you do a podcast? Uh, it's a lot of work. So how do you make money out of that? I thought, well, that is really not the motive to start with. Uh, and it's just like I'm a new podcaster. And to have you, you know, in the show, it's kind of like for you before, you know, with those those influencers is the same thing that I feel honored I have a chance to connect and to learn from. Um, so since we are in that topic of productivity, what would you say that maybe three to five areas that if we can increase our productivity as entrepreneurs and it will really move the needle for us? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah. So to go, you know, in the three to five realm, I would say right off the top of my head, first and foremost, it's probably physical health. And that goes all over the place from eating healthy to actually having physical activity and not sitting at a desk all the time. I'm in the I'm in the process of moving. Yesterday, I had to dismantle my standing desk and I'm not sure when I'm going to be able to put that back together. So I'm going to have to be even more intentional when it comes to that physical activity and not sitting all day. Um, Let's see what else. So I, I mentioned uh, eating healthy, and I think that even branches out into: Are you drinking too much caffeine and then messing up your sleep? Uh, sleep's a whole other one. So you know what what you put into your body, what you do physically with your body in terms of maintaining it, how you think and feel about yourself, probably in terms of emotions and thoughts that you entertain that may or may not be true, and if they are true that that are negative, how to deal with those. Um, I haven't had anybody on to talk about that in a while and I probably should. Um, <laughs> sleep again is one of the most important things. Last night I actually got decent sleep even and that's cause I was probably doing heavy lifting all day. So that, that kind of put me right, right out. Um, so that's all the physical stuff. And then you get to the focus angle where most of us put too many things on our to-do list for the day 
or we have too many things in our minds that we've not captured and then put somewhere so that we can free up our mental RAM, if that mental picture makes sense, is that you've got too much open applications inside your brain. you got to shut them down. Single task. Focus on the thing at hand. Figure out what it is you need to be doing today and today only and do that thing. Check that off and know that there's a security in whatever system you've set up. And again, there's another one was people don't set up systems uh, to organize their work or the, their uh, their data, all that kind of stuff. Um, they don't have that set up to then trust in the system that I've already delegated to my future self what I'm doing tomorrow. And so I trust me as a boss and I trust me as a worker to do that <laughs> and leave that alone. And today is today and today is what I'm doing. You know, the, this is the short list of what I'm doing today. And if I just get those two to three things and leave space for unexpected stuff and have quick uh, – have some agility in terms of, oh, an opportunity came up to have lunch with my wife today. You know what? I'm saying yes. You know, that kind of a thing is to – because most people – from what I hear in terms of entrepreneurship, want to do it because they want, one, this satisfaction of building this thing that is theirs and their own and following their passion. But two, the thing I hear the second most is freedom. And I think what we lose often by not having organization or productivity is that freedom because we feel like we are then a slave to our laptops and our phones and we don't have time to do the things that we want to do that we got into it to do in the first place. That's so true, you know, for those people you did not see, I, I'm, I'm literally put a thumb up because that so many people out there talk about, oh, why you want to be an entrepreneur? And then when they are selling courses, especially through the marketing part, and then they all talk about freedom, right? But then the reality is if we don't build in some buffer, either for our time, for our energy, and for that white space in our brain, uh, it's not possible. The other day I was listening to, uh, I, I don't remember which, maybe is a minister. He talked about his wife uh, about to take her iPhone uh, because the kids are playing uh, in the backyard and it's so beautiful. So she tried to take a picture. But then the iPhone told her that cannot take picture anymore because it's over the storage capacity. And he used that to say, you basically, when we just continue store store up the the past stuff and deny clean out, so you will miss the right now stuff, mm -hmm. you know. And I was like, well, that shows true, isn't it? Uh, for entrepreneurs, well, if we don't uh, keep that white space for our brain, we might just miss probably the can be the best opportunity from of us, but we are not able to take it so, yeah that's so good eric so eric last time when we check you know when last time we check uh we talk about what we think of social media marketing uh and, or management of it as entrepreneurs <laughs> and many of us you know there is right away a visual image pop out in mind <laughs> like Oh, you know, a sign or it's like time consuming. How can we actually stay productive yet remain that engagement with our audience and in social media? So this, yeah, and, and that, that your mind exploding when you think of that. I've had that happen many, many times. And I, I think 
over time, because I've spent so much time in the social media space and the productivity space, it only makes sense that I'm thinking about how the two correlate. And what I have found is that they don't, they're not oil and water. It's not that they don't mix. It's that you have to treat the social media as another aspect of what you do. And you have to decide how much time you allot towards those activities and which of those activities even that you're going to do based on what outcome it is or goal it is you have for whether that's worthwhile you doing it or not. It's like I could sit around – if I was a CEO and I was answering all the emails that are customer service emails for the company, does that really make sense? No. So does it really make sense that I am sitting on social media all day not necessarily, but it, does it make sense for a CEO to use Twitter or to use Facebook or give snapshots of what it is they're doing? Yes, if that's their goal. And so instead of feeling like you're all of the above when it comes to doing social media in your business where you are CEO, chief financial officer, chief marketer, chief AR or chief HR person, <laughs> uh, customer service rep. Like, and we, and, and, you know, for single, for people who are running a solo operation as an entrepreneur, they, whether they state that or not, that is what they do. Um, I remember listening to the episode uh, where you had um, Chris Ducker come on, and it it took how many people did it take to replace him seven. when he removed? Yeah, seven people. He <laughs> removed himself from his business in in a certain aspect, and it took seven people to replace him. And I just laughed out loud when I heard that. But we get to that point where we are doing the work of, in his case, seven people. And imagine now. I mean, if you think about it, he doesn't have the time to do the work of seven people, but he was. And so suddenly, each of those seven people having an individualized role and job and focus can now do that aspect of what he was originally doing in a much bigger and better quality way. And that's what I'm suggesting here in terms of social media is I don't know that we need to be on every single network. I don't think we have to be on them all the time. I think it matters to pick and choose and decide, one, where is your audience? And 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 I know in this day and age, there's going to be some of your audience or some of your community, I should say, or both, uh, on most platforms. You know, there's there's people that follow me on Snapchat and I'm not really active there right now and I'm still kind of, eh, I don't know about it. But uh, and, and then yet there's other people who that is like their most favorite fun thing. And that goes to my second point is pick something that's fun. You should be having fun when you're doing social media for the most part, I think. I think you should enjoy it, not feel like it's a chore. And so that can kind of come into where you've got some automation set up to where you don't feel like you have to be there all day every day in terms of like Twitter or Facebook. And you can then check in at regular intervals and say, okay, here is on my calendar, here is the, here's today and here is 11 o'clock, one o'clock, four o'clock or something like that. And maybe even nine, 9 a.m. And for 10 to 20 minutes, and there's a timer set to, to, to wake me up and get me – snap me back out of it. Um, but you've got those times set and you go and you go from network to network that are your chosen networks and you go in. You know, in, you know what you're going in there to do. You're going to check in 
on friends and family and coworkers and possible customers and friends and coworkers and business partners, all of the above, community. You're going to check in on them, see what they're doing and, and engage with them, see who's engaged with what you've been doing, and then move on to the next network. And you you try and do it as like an interval almost where you know you do 10 sit-ups, 10 push-ups, and then you know five minutes on the treadmill and then repeat in an hour, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, I think that it's that is uh, you know, golden nugget there. Basically, you know, people say how can we be productive, but we still need to engage. So that that is the answer really, especially if you are online, I guess all of us are, especially who is listening <laughs> to this podcast, that your audience are probably also in all different time zones, right? So, you know, for my example, I literally, I have clients from Australia, but then I have clients in Pacific time zone. And so, you know, when it comes to the posting or engagement, I have to set up my early morning and my, you know, one, the last one is before I go to bed. Uh, and then in between, maybe three to four times. And yes, and discipline is a key. 10 to 15 minutes going, go out. Um, if we, well, I'm guilty of it. Sometimes you just suck into somebody, your girlfriends post something fun and then you stay there. Yeah. Well, and that's another key aspect here is that you want to make sure that you have some sort of bookmarking or catch all system. Now a word from our sponsor, Lee Pages. Lead Pages generates leads and sales for your business on the web, in emails, via text messaging, and on social media. It's one of my favorite tools because it has saved me and my clients a lot of time and money every single year. The drag and drop templates allow you to set up a proper trackable campaign in no time. And the newest feature called Checkout. It enables you to collect payment right from your lead pages with Stripe account. It's a no-brainer. You can join the 14-day free trial at kellybarder.com forward slash lead pages. Now, back to the show. That you can send things to a folder, a, a a bookmarking system where the article or the post goes somewhere else, so that oh, this looks really good. I'll check this out later when I have time, versus right now when you only have a limited amount of time. Eric, and what you do, uh, yes. Do you mean like uh, such an app, maybe that Pocket or something yes. like that? Yes, exactly. Like Pocket or Instapaper or even the Facebook's native save feature where you can be going through a, an article. I, I actually do this all the time is I, I set up once uh, – well, and you can do this on your own intervals. Here's what I do though is if when I go check in on Facebook and, and see what people are doing and I see something really cool and I know I don't have time to really dig into it right now, I'll tap save and then I know – that I can go back to that save. So then knowing that you have, again, a time in the future that's allotted for looking at those things, then you know, okay, then I'm not missing out. I'm bookmarking it for that future self that he he will have time to look at it then. I don't right now. And whatever form that takes, whether it's you know once a day at 4.30, you want to take some time and unwind for a bit and then close down or or whatever, 
or even take a look at it a little bit in the evening once the kids are in bed. You know, you do whatever works best for you in that sense. Or even if it's once a week, hey, here's all the stuff I bookmarked this week that I found interesting and I'm going through it to find something for like my weekly newsletter, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, I use a safe feature in in Facebook quite a bit, you know, uh, exactly exactly what you just described. I saw something very cool and maybe it's a long post or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I save it so I can go back uh, later. And I think we all have those syndrome of afraid to missing out, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, so maybe can you share with us some common mistakes you see uh, and maybe how we how we conquer them as an entrepreneur when it comes to the social media. Sure. So mistakes in terms of like how we're using it or. Yeah. You know, kind of, again, you know, social media and productivity. Sure. I I think, again, I think some people, I I think we want to feel free to do whatever we want to do whenever we feel like it, but without having, and I think, and again, some people are so averse to having structure placed on them. They just want to feel free all the time, and that's great, but what are you going to really – I mean, and again, I think that's good for like if you're going to set aside a day to where I have no plans for today. Today is a create day. I am going to consume content. I'm going to take ideas from that and free flow and write things down or, you know – jump on in and off on social media. I'm going to have a lunch with a friend, you know, all that kind of stuff. But if you set it aside as like, that's the day you do that. Or for that matter, if you set aside a certain hour or two of the day at a, you know, when you know that is the best time for you to do that in the day, then do that. But when it comes to, I guess the, you know, the, the focus it's, 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 if your attention is in social media at all times. You've got the browser open and you've got Facebook open or your phone is open or all those different things. If they're open, you can't really be doing good work at the same time. And 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 I know people do good work in social media, but only because they're intentional that they are doing social media work at that time. That's why you know, I use a I use uh my favorite Twitter client is is uh Tweetbot. And it's got a Mac app and a phone app, and it syncs. So it picks up right at the last place that I was. And so I can then jump right back in whichever mode I'm in. If if I'm sitting at the desktop and I'm like, okay, I need to check these tweets for the hashtag such and such, I can go and do that. And then I can later, if I happen to be standing in line and want to just check it real quick, I can. I can just open up the phone and be right at the last place I was and jump in and then clear that out like an inbox in a sense. It's it's having lack of a plan is mm. is the key is what I'm getting at is that if you don't have a plan, if you just think, "Oh, I have to be on social media. I've got to represent myself. I've got to be there. I've got to be present. I got got to be active. I've got to engage." That's none of those things are necessarily false, but they're very ambiguous. Right, And you have to rein those in into a specific time and place, but more so a specific goal. Mm-hmm. And once you have that, you can then map that out. And again, I think some people who think, oh, I, I just enjoy jumping on Twitter and any, you know, randomly or, or Facebook or uh, you probably do because, again, studies show that <laughs> social media and technology <laughs> give us a hit like a drug. So you probably do, and you're probably addicted, and you don't even know it. Anyway, I won't go there. But, uh, 
that's another episode. <laughs> but if you can corral that, if you can structure that into the proper time and place and context, again, using some sort of system or strategy, then that is how you're going to succeed. And I see so many people who seem to be online all the time. And yet then there are these other people who the what, of what I see of them online, it's really them showing a snapshot of something they're doing right now. And then they're back offline again, getting more work done. Right. So, so it's almost like, um, back to the freedom thing, you know, in order to have a freedom and, and let's say in order to actually make yourself when the time you are in social media, you, you feel really no guilt, really enjoyable. It's actually you set yourself some guideline, a block of time and be intentional. So if you block, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, however long for you, and uh, those time you can enjoy it. Rather think of, uh, okay, why am I here? But I'm sure that we all have those moments that, you know, when you hop on Facebook and two hours later and mm -hmm. you ask yourself, where did the time go? Right. Yeah. Um, so I think this is a crucial. So Eric, I'm wondering that in, you know, if we listen to your story, um, uh, it sounds quite smooth. Uh, in the outsider, <laughs> outsider looking, well, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, amazing moments, but would you mind share with us is any fun or funny or embarrassed moments in your journey? Yeah. So I, I, um, I had to think hard about this because there wasn't something that was like super embarrassing, but it, it, the, the funny part has been, um, I think how many people that I have met who, uh, I never, the, the funny thing is uh, for me is there are people who I never thought I'd ever get to like talk to. And yet like they refer to me as a friend now like that, that, that's still, I, I still almost laugh a little bit when I think about that. It's just the fact that like, you know, being at a certain, I won't, I'm, I'm kind of trying to intentionally not name drop, but that I've been to like so-and-so's place or hung out with this other person. And, and for, if I were to mention their name, people would think, oh, wow, like Eric, you're super important. I don't, I don't care. You know, that's, that's not the point, but the fact that like that actually happened and, and you know, I mean, it's it's it still kind of blows me away that that even that that's even the case. And it's not well, like that, I'm like allow me to break a little bit for you because I just got an email from Michael Hyatt, and guess whose picture is on it for the Michael Hyatt that you know at the time of recording that he's doing a summit about mm -hmm. focus. Yes, and here we go. My brother Eric's photos on it. He's one <laughs> of the speakers. Yes. Right? Okay. So I guess that's what you meant, and 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 that's why you say you don't want to drop the name and, and things. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that is a precious moment, right? When you think about it. Yeah. So I think that's the thing for me has just been, I, you can't. I mean, I'm, am I going to have access to like presidents and things like that? No. Do I really care to? Not necessarily, but. I think 
there are moments and there are times and places where if you move forward in the right opportunities, you get to meet people. Like I've, I have had some of my favorite authors and online personalities on my show and being able to have conversations with them. And even, you know, one of them, Donald Miller, um, if you know, if you're familiar with him, like I got to go see him speak. I got to go to the story, uh, brand, the story brand. Um, I went to the story brand, uh, training and then at that training, I mean, there was, there was, I mean, I looked around, I thought it was hilarious because I'm in that room at that training and there was Jeff Goins, uh, Crystal Payne, Money Saving Mom, um, Allie Worthington, Andy Traub, Dan Miller. <laughs> um, I'm, t- and, and I'm forgetting probably two or three. Oh, Brian Clark from Copy Blogger. Oh, so you, is that, it sounds like you went to the kind of the very first it one. Was, it was one of the first ones and it was in Nashville about a year ago. And so I was blown away that, you know, be, even being invited and it was just one of the key highlights. It was so fun, but even more funny or fun was the fact that, uh, they said, Hey, so we don't do this with every group, but with you guys, we're going to have you come back to our house tonight and sit in the backyard and we're going to have barbecue and, and drinks and stuff. So sitting in the backyard and you know, all that it's, it's, it was really, it was really fun. And, uh, yeah, I never thought, and it got to even like, see, now I'm kind of starstruck. I'm saying this. <laughs> I, we even got to like, go to we we walked out back and then around in the yard to where to to uh Donald's little writing cabin thing oh, it's off neat. the it's off uh, it's elevated off the ground and you got to go the stairs i mean it is seriously the size of a large closet with a door on it and it's got air conditioning in it and it's almost doesn't have wi-fi he kind of said intentionally so <laughs> But it's those kinds of opportunities and moments that I just never thought – I've been reading his books for years. Never thought I'd be at his house in his backyard eating barbecue with all these other people and having fun and so. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. That reminded me uh, a little bit that for me is John C. Maxwell, mm-hmm. He's a part of the founding member. So for, I mean now he probably cannot do that anymore because there were too many now. But uh, from the beginning that uh, – you know, you know, we were able to go to his house and, and then, you know, uh, some of us even swim with him and, you know, just kind of do the normal thing. But, and those moments you, you kind of, kind of try to, kind of nature yourself, is that true? Is that real? You know, I mean, read his book probably 10, 10 something years, right? Uh, it's such a, it's such a blessing. Yeah. And, uh, so, Eric, so would you mind to share with us uh, through your career, through your, you know, journey that what is one of those godly MBA moments, the moment that you realize that what you are doing is way beyond just business? I think that probably one of the key things has been, and, and there's, been a, there's been a lot of moments a lot of little moments and some of the big ones. Um, I'll, I'll use this one as a, as the, the prime example was a guy, a guy came up to me in Chicago a couple weeks, a couple months ago, uh, at the conference podcast movement. And he said, 
you're one of the four people I had to make sure I saw here at this conference. You and and I forget who else he named, but he did, he did he did name Michael Hyatt. He said you, Michael Hyatt, and three other people, um, which I think were there, are the people who have been like my my digital mentors and are the reason I started my business. And so he handed I can't I think he handed me like a, a card. It was like a gift card to like get lunch or something, and it just and and. People say that kind of stuff, you know, oh, man, like I looked up to you. I, I, I've i been listening to you for years, that kind of thing. And it still never gets I, – I never get used to that. I never do. But this particular moment um, – and in fact, it happened yet – there was two times where this happened here at, the, at that conference where someone came up and they just said, I've been, I've been listening to your show since the beginning and it has helped helped me so much in so many ways with like me getting focused or me spending and or spending more time with my family. I started my business. I have felt encouraged and, you know, not just encouraged and inspired, but have this practical information about how to do that and move forward with that. You make me think of things that I haven't thought of before when it comes to like using technology for, for better or for worse. And taking breaks. Um, one of the ones that I had recently uh, was one where we talked all about uh, it was with Rob Bell and we were talking about taking uh, uh, what is the word uh, observing a Sabbath mm-hmm. that if you that if you're not doing that, then then you're basically that by doing that, it spills over into the rest of your week. But by not doing that, you have literally no margin or no uh, buffer between your work life and every other aspect of your life. And, and, and for some people they would say, well, if you do what you love, then it's not really working, but, but you're still expending, you're still working. Come on. Anyways, I have a problem with that sometimes, but uh point I'm making is that these people and the, and, and I've had many, many, many other emails that I've received of listeners who've said similar things where they've said, I just listened to this show. I just had to tell you that you really changed my thoughts on this aspect of my life and I've made some com- I've made a couple changes and it's already I'm already seeing huge benefits um even even the one I actually had somebody write a blog post about it say about their journey um it was a couple months ago I did a show where I talked about how I from out of my mastermind I made certain physical health rules and it was two or three of those and so I then talked through how the how I put those in place, and then ha- what the outcome was after that month long experiment of doing those, and then this person writes a blog post and talks all about th- the, having listened to me, and then they decided to do it, and that they were out running and they were going to bed earlier, and they were uh, they were out running with their their husband and all this stuff. And I was like, good for you, like that that kind of thing where like. Just sharing our journey helps someone else with their journey. And when you see that, it's just – I almost don't have words. It, it it just – one, it reconfirms that doing what you're doing is good work. Mm. And and two, it it helps you feel like time spent on that was worthwhile. Sometimes even though we enjoy what we're doing, we can be worn out or run down or question it. 
But when we see the impact it has, that that is just a total reconfirmation. Exactly. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And oftentimes, that uh, I, whether it's a one blog post or a podcast episode, right, um, or one short video in Facebook, we never know how far that have reached and how much impact that have occurred. And it's moments that that when some of our audience and they take a moment to express. And uh, I remember when my book came out in 2012 and we live in Vegas that moment. And then just a box of book arrived my home. Uh, suppose I should be very excited. Well, I wasn't. My, the rest of my family, they were very excited. Uh, but for me, it's like I was scared and I suddenly feel, oh, this is real. Now I'm naked out there. Uh, all other people know the story, but I don't know what they think about it, right? Mm -hmm. But it's later when you receive those reviews, you, you found a special couple of them say, it's because your story changed my life. And that make the best out of it knowing we want to use actually for those of you out there listening i'm sorry i'm a little bit rumbling but it's a little bit emotional it's if you listen to eric and my voice right now that we want you to know that don't hold back that the gifts the message inside of you share it so don't be selfish because you never know because you share it that you help somebody out there so they can move on their journey and make that impact as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Eric, thank you. Thank you so much for spending time with us. A so much value to me personally and my audience. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm, I just, I am so glad that you've come along and started this show. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, you know, we will surely put those tools and all those, uh, Eric, the, his advice, everything in the show notes. So thank you so much, Eric. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. It has confirmed for me about the true freedom will only come when we have the systems in place and establish the right habits. It's a stewardship about our time, energy, both mentally and physically. Then we can truly operate in our best level of work. It requires clarity of our attention to begin with. Speaking of clarity, if you want to build a successful online business, you do need to get clarity in five areas. They are your message, audience, profit styles, processing system, and goals. You can download a detailed guide absolutely free called 5 C's to Shine at kellyballer.com forward slash clarity. Again, that's kellyballer.com forward slash clarity. Here is what's coming up in the next episode with Joanna Penn. She's a New York Times and USA Today best-selling author. She's also a podcaster, speaker, award-winning entrepreneur. 
what formats you want, what countries you publish. So for example, I've actually sold books in 82 countries around the world, which most traditionally, well, 99.9% .9 traditionally published authors will not have done that because publishing exists in these silos. Did you know you can listen to our show on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much everywhere. That means if you use Alexa from Amazon at home, you can also give the command to play our show. Pretty cool, right? Please do subscribe and review at kellybowler.com forward slash review. It helps more people can find the show. My team and I will really appreciate it. For all the goodies and today's show notes, please visit kellybowler.com forward slash 038. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Godly MBA podcast. For more actionable marketing tips and strategies and today's show notes, visit www.kellybotter.com.